So as I sat down to write my sermon this week, I always do a lot of praying, uh, a lot of researching, making sure that the, the Spirit is speaking to me and connecting it to all of us and what we need to hear. I told you last week, and I even publicized it, that we are going to be doing this whole series on the messy family and, and how it connects to us as a family. Well, I sat down on Monday to write my sermon, and uh, it just didn't feel right. I have that planned, and I will set that aside for a uh, future time, but it just didn't feel right. Um, uh, what I was feeling, and as I was listening and talking to different people, um, I get that we have these plans, and we had these plans for the way life was supposed to go. Uh, like, we have all these questions. Like, we were planning for our kids to go back to school soon, but they're not. And um, we asked the question, will we be able to worship, and when will we be able to worship together in this building? And we don't know. Will we be able to go on vacation this summer? And uh, will the kids uh, be able to do this activity, which we already paid for, um, or not? They really like this activity. When will we be able to do that again? What will work be like? Will I have work? And so there's all these plans of how we are expecting life to go, and then it doesn't. And I know that you have even more like, than like a 50 bajillion different questions all related around what I was saying. And the answer is always, I don't know. Right now, there is an unraveling of our plans and the way we expected life to go. It's all unraveling. Uh, we are going to go with that theme called unravel. Uh, we're going to look at how things unraveled for people in the Bible and, and what God did with that unraveling. Today we're going to talk about Abraham and Sarah. And uh, if you don't know much about Abraham and Sarah, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. Abraham and Sarah comes all, goes all the way to the beginning of the Bible. Uh, after Noah and uh, after creation, there is uh, Abraham and Sarah. And God went to Abraham and said, Listen, I have a plan for you. I want you to go. Abraham's like, uh, go where? And God's like, I want you to go. And so Abraham, who, who had faith, said, all right, you say to go, I'll go. And so Abraham went. He went on a journey. You and I are on a journey. Where are we going? Well, we don't really know, do we? <laughs> it's very similar. Uh, Abraham is, is all about faith, and the current journey that you and I are on is all about faith. So God then says to Abraham, listen, I am going to bless you. And I am going to bless you with lots of offspring, like the number of the stars offspring. That is a lot of people underneath you. And so Abraham and Sarah are like, this is awesome. We have a big family. 
God's got great plans for us. He's going to bless us with lots of children. We always wanted a big family. Like, woohoo, this is going to be great. But as years passed on, years and years, no babies. Sarah was barren. She couldn't have babies. And as years go on, she is 90 years old, and he's around 100 years old, which is way past the age of when women give birth. And um, they settle into the fact that they're just not going to have any offspring, that this is not the plan for them. They don't know why, why God said that, but it just was not in those plans. And they, they had lost some faith. Then they get this visit from some men from the Lord. And here it goes. This is uh, Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the grass trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seeds of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? they asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and, your, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said, said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. In the first year I moved to Pittsburgh, it was a tough life transition for me. I left my teaching position, and it was kind of like an Abraham moment for me. Uh, I was feeling called into ministry, and, and, and Nikki and I were feeling called uh, to move to Pittsburgh. And so we up and we went. Uh, a lot of people were like, what are you doing? Uh, I had an elementary teaching position. Uh, I was a fifth grade teacher. 
I loved that position. Uh, it was the day that they handed me uh, tenure that I literally was saying, well, God is calling me. I am going. Where to? I don't really know, but it sounds like Pittsburgh. Um, and as I moved here in my pride, uh, I did not want to sub. I was going to get an elementary education position. Uh, so my plan was to go to seminary part-time and be a full-time teacher. Now, I mean, I had years of experience. I was a male elementary teacher. Surely I could get a job out in Pittsburgh. Um, and it was a tough year. Um, I did not get uh, a position. So I actually went from wanting to do just part-time seminary to having to do full-time seminary. And so it was this, this crazy transition because I really missed teaching. I loved teaching. I mean, like, I was a fifth grade teacher, and like every day I looked forward to the kids and, and the classroom, and I felt like I was pretty good at that. Now, seminary academia, I was not, uh, did not feel as, as quite of a good fit for me. Uh, so there was a lot of uncertainty in that year of transitioning here to Pittsburgh. Uh, I left my family, my home state of New Jersey, which I never lived outside of. Uh, my wife and I were doing youth ministry here, and that was extremely positive, and things were going really well there, but there was a lot of roots that had to be pulled out in order to be replanted here in Pittsburgh. A family, location, friends, and job. All were roots that had to be pulled out and replanted here. I remember that year when my birthday came, and uh, I was thinking that this is going to be a little bit different than I'm used to. We didn't have much planned. It was just us, and that was going to be great. We were going to have a nice little weekend. Uh, I figured it would just be different, and, but still be nice. Um, I remember at that time uh, just being super busy with schoolwork, and, uh, and, and it, was, it was hard. It was a, it was a tough year. And, uh, and so I also remember that my grandma that weekend was, was pretty sick. And so I remember feeling down about that as well. And so I had all these things, and when it came to my birthday, I was like, this will be an uh, okay weekend. And so I was done with my classes for the day, and I was sitting at home, and my wife was also getting her master's degree. And uh, she went grocery shopping, and then she came home. And she came home with some groceries, and she said, hey, can you go downstairs, and can you go get uh, the rest of the groceries? Now, we lived in, in some interesting places, let me tell you. But this one had some rickety stairs that went down. They're like these metal stairs. And we were up on the third floor in the city, and we ca I came all the way down to go get the groceries. And uh, I opened up the trunk, and when I opened up the trunk, someone popped out and goes, Dah! And uh, I did what you would do, and uh, I slammed the trunk. I was scared, okay? Uh, thankfully, that person retracted their arms back in because uh, it would have changed a lot of things if, if I slammed it on their arms. However, they didn't. Uh, I opened the trunk back up, and it was my best friend, Dave, who, who actually surprised me and, uh, and, and came out on a bus all the way out here to Pittsburgh. And it took that weekend 
and flipped it. I mean, we had so much fun that weekend. We went to a baseball game. Uh, we actually went outside. There was a playoff game. They used to put them on the screens outside. We went to that. Uh, we, we, I took them to my seminary and showed them around and showed them around to the city of Pittsburgh. We had one of the most un, you know, unreal weekends, and, and it, I, I will not forget that weekend. Um, I remember uh, how I felt that weekend. It took my birthday and just flipped it on its head. Sarah and Abraham's lives became unraveled. They had these plans. They were going to have all these children. They were gonna, they were gonna, a big nation was going to come from them. And God was going to bless them with that. And then it didn't happen. After a lot of depression and sadness, the solution that they came to was, if we keep thinking about this, like we're eventually just going to lose it. That we have to come back to reality and just say that this is what it is. It's not what we wanted, but it is what it is. You and I have become unraveled. I saw this funny video this week, and uh, it was a lady who was speaking to herself from four months ago. And so it's like a, a future self and a past self, and it was pretty funny. And uh, she didn't want, the future self didn't want to say everything. She said, I, I can't tell you everything. I don't want to ruin things for you. I can't tell you everything, but uh, ask me some questions. Uh, and then the person was like, how about some good news and bad news? And uh, she's like, sure. Uh, which do you want first? He said, good news. And she said, okay, good news. Um, so uh, to tell you uh, that... Uh, Climate change and things for the climate and, and, and things for pollution have never been better. I mean, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's less pollution in the air. There was actually dolphins swimming around Venice. And the person four months ago was like, get out of here. That's amazing. Oh, how about the bad news? Oh, the, the bad news. Um, well, um, you're going to want to pull all of your investments. And she's like, what? Pull all the investments? Yeah, yeah, you're going to want to just pull all those. Uh, and then uh, you're going to want to go on a really big Costco run. Um, and it's a really funny video of, of what's happened in, in a mere four months' time, or, or very much less than that. You and I and experts could not have predicted what we are going through this year. All of our plans have just kind of been blown up. Um, we sit in the remnants on our knees looking at like this puzzle, like we're almost done with this puzzle, but the puzzle has been destroyed. And we look at the remnants on our knees, scattered and broken apart, looking, how are we going to piece this back together? I look forward to hearing from all of you and your stories uh, you know, when we, when they're able to, you can call me on the phone, whatever. But I look forward to hearing your stories, good and bad, of what God has done with your stories in, in, in all of this. But God, in the midst of our unraveling, often surprises us with joy when we have been expecting pain. 
Sarah was listening to the conversation that Abraham was having to these men from God. They said, when we come back a year from now, Sarah is going to have a son. Sarah laughed. And God says to Abraham, why did she just laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? You and I have become all too used to hearing bad news. I mean, just check out the news. You're just used to it now, aren't you? Um, numbers keep rising, and uncertainty is all around us. And, and I remember when, when, um, when death started happening because of this. And I remember that there was just like 20, and there was like 100. And, and I remember my stomach just being turned and turned and turned. And now the numbers are much higher and much higher, and we've just become kind of used to it. I mean, it's still painful, but you're used to hearing that, aren't you? It's kind of like Abraham and Sarah, who just got used to the fact that they're not going to have children. You and I are used to a little bit of pain right now. I mean, even the good news that we hear is, is kind of like, I hope, uh, I hope that this happens. This, this, is, this is our best hope. Um, that's kind of what we're often hearing. But I have to ask you this question. Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? Often we forget that, don't we? God takes our negative expectations our safety expectations, because we just don't want to get burned. We don't want to, to feel all unraveled. So we just get like used to hearing this, and we just tell ourselves that this is the way it's going to be. Well, God takes that and does something. You know, the first week we had to do these online worship services, I broke down and I cried. Uh, I don't know if you were able to tell that, but I literally was behind the camera sobbing. Um, one, I was scared. Two, I, I didn't know uh, even, well, we didn't even know how to, to do this. Uh, it was all new, and, and we had to make the decision to not have worship service at like 12.30 at night. It was something in my gut, and, and several people were saying, you probably shouldn't do this. And at 12.30 at night, we had to make the decision before worship to not have it. Um, it was all a swirling of emotions. Um, I didn't know if there was going to be even 20 people even watching this thing. And uh, God has taken my poor expectations of, way of what it was going to be and just blew it up. Um, we normally have an average of 150 people here on, at worship. Uh, that's, that's kind of what our normal number is. And it moved it to about 1,000 people, a thousand views a week, which means that there could be over a thousand people that watch our services each week. Um, that is incredible. Um, people who I know that didn't attend church uh, maybe a couple times in their life that are, that are regularly now tuning in on Sundays to be part of this church family from a distance far away. I think that that is the coolest thing in the world. Um, People who <clears throat> maybe have never been to an Easter service spent Easter with us last week and worshiping alongside us. Some people have even done communion with us 
And who knows the last time they've done communion with a group of people? That is God taking low expectations of pain and making joy out of that. Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? And I would say, I guess not. <laughs> we are all seeing families that are connected like they've never been connected before. Everything had to shut down in their life, and now they're playing puzzles and things. I saw the coolest thing. I, I, I messaged this out on Facebook last week. But, I, you know, you go into the store, and uh, I had my mask on, and, and I went around to the store, and, and I had to get a few things. And, you know, of course, Lysol's not there. Uh, hand sanitizer's not there. Luckily, uh, toilet paper's coming back. But I went to one section, and uh, there was nothing there. And, and I, this was one I did not expect, but the section of puzzles. Yes, puzzles. Empty. Look, cleared out like Lysol. What is that saying? There's a lot of families that are sitting around doing puzzles together. Do you know how great conversations happen uh, during puzzles? I think it's incredible. Um, this is what we're seeing. People are homeschooling their children, having to learn uh, all sorts of new types of math and teach it to their children. People are caring for each other in, in, in creative, unimaginable ways and still social distancing. I think that that is awesome. Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? Yes, <clears throat> there is pain. It's here. But God is providing plenty of joy when you and I have been expecting pain for so long. Why? Because there's nothing that's too hard for the Lord. You may be unraveling right now, and maybe you lost your job, or, or maybe uh, you're stuck inside your house and it's getting a little difficult, and these routines you're not liking, or maybe you're just alone, and things are unraveling for you. But you know what? In the Bible, God does some of his most awesome things after things have unraveled and things have become chaotic. Usually right after that is when God does some of his best things. So should we be expecting pain right now? Yeah, but there's always pain in life. But should we be expecting joy? Yeah. Because God always brings joy when there's a significant amount of pain and chaos. It's always there. God brings joy when things get unraveled.